Welcome everybody to Cervical Discourse with Leah. I'm Leah. I am a holistic menstrual health educator and your friendly ovary hype girl. In today's episode, I want to cover the way that light impacts a woman's menstrual cycle. And I also want to cover if women's periods actually sync up when they are within community or close proximity to one another. So that is a question that I get asked a lot by women is just, okay, like if I spend so much time with some of my girlfriends or with my coworkers, is my period going to sync up with theirs? Um, That's something that I think has just kind of been folklore that has just been passed around from many different mythologies across the world, especially as the menstrual cycle is deeply connected to women's intuition and ritual and connecting to nature and togetherness. And while I think that is a really cool thing, There isn't a lot of science behind it. However, if you really look into the mythology of it, there are so many different practices and ways that women have connected to their menstrual cycle as a community, especially in South America, things like that. Um, However, where I think that myth actually comes from is probably just the way women have experienced light. And the reason why I say that is because the amount of light that a woman gets, and I'm talking about like natural light, so light from the sun, light from the moon, that has a direct impact on her menstrual cycle. So when I'm talking about natural light, I'm talking about your circadian rhythm, which is the 24-hour cycle, which is mimicked by the sun. And so this rhythm, it's what tells you to wake up in the morning. It's what tells you to go to bed at night. Um, So basically the light that you experience from the sun It will have to be filtered through your hypothalamus and your pituitary gland. And then those glands are going to send a signal to your ovaries to ovulate and then to menstruate. And it works the same way with the light that a woman experiences from the moon. And so the reason that I say this is because... Before electricity, I'm sure more women's cycles were synced up, probably because there wasn't any light pollution. People would orient their schedules around when the sun would be up. Um, They would orient it around a full moon because there's more light at night. And so it was much easier for a woman to ovulate with the women around her and menstruate with the women around her because they were all experiencing the same amount of light exposure. Now, (laughs) in the modern world that we live in, we all have very different schedules. So there are some people that work night shift. There are some people that work mid shift, whatever it is. Some of us live in darker places, lighter places. There are a lot of factors at play. We all have very different schedules now because we have electricity to 
allow us to do things when it's dark outside. And the other factor that is at play now more than ever is the impact of blue light. So blue light is the light that is emitted from our electronics. So our phones, our tablets, our TVs, our computers, which I would say in today's age, if you're not in front of any of those things, you're a very rare breed. Most of us are forced to some capacity or another to be in front of a screen, whether it's for work or for education, what have you. And then of course, we often are in front of blue light for pleasure, right? For social media and Netflix and all of the fun things that come with the modern world. And the reason why I say this is because a person's blue light exposure is very uh, variable to each person, especially depending on what they're doing, how much they're on there, how bright their phone is, how bright their computer is. So that definitely is another layer that I think makes it more difficult for women's cycle to sync up. And I don't think syncing your cycle with the women around you is necessarily the end goal. Um, I know there's a lot of power in community. And especially I know a lot of people are attracted to the idea of like bleeding together. And there's a lot of history with women who they would you know, leave their day-to-day duties and they would all go out into the woods or into a communal tent and they would have their bleeds together to really just bond, to turn it into a ritual, to really just honor that experience. However, even before electricity, not every single woman in the same community was bleeding at the same time. There are so many other factors that go into what allows a woman to ovulate. Uh, Your circadian and infradian rhythm is the first step to ovulating and to bleeding. However, there are other factors at play such as, you know, what's going on in your body, um, stress nutrition, especially before electricity, you know, some people were more of a different class than others. So some people had more access to food, whereas others didn't. And so you do see a lot of variation when it comes to just how environmental and outside factors can impact a way a woman has her period. I am actually of the mindset, I think it's a really, really beautiful thing when women are at different places in their cycle. Yes, there is power in the communal experience of bleeding together and all of the nuances that come with that. However, I think it's such a beautiful thing that a woman's cycle is so dualistic. So there are four phases of the menstrual cycle. You have the follicular phase, which starts right after you're done bleeding, and ovulation. These are the two phases where your energy is rising or your energy is at its peak. And so you're able to learn more, do more, be more active, take on more. 
Then after ovulation, you move into the luteal phase. And then after the luteal phase, you move into the menstrual phase. And so these two phases are what I call more dark. So the follicular ovulatory, they're like light phases where the luteal and menstrual is dark. You can't have one without the other. And so the luteal and menstrual phase is really about being like, um, task oriented, being more in more internal, deeper reflection, setting boundaries, really finding your inner strength, nesting, and tying up loose ends. And then, of course, the menstrual cycle is a time for rest and release, and you cocoon for a little bit. And so if all the women in the world, like let's say in a different reality, every single woman got her period at the exact same time, the world would like really have to shut down (laughs) if you think about it, which is kind of a cool thing. It's like, oh my gosh, every single woman at the same time is bleeding. Cool. But I think it's an amazing thing that What we can learn from the duality of our cycles is that while some of our sisters, our mothers, our daughters, whatever women you have in your life, while they are bleeding, while their energy is at their lowest, while they're able to do less, we who are maybe in the follicular phase or are ovulating, we can come in and we can nurture and we can take care of the other women around us so that way they have the space and the capacity to honor their bleed because I find so often we as women have just been conditioned to feel like we have to be the same person every single day. We don't really make a lot of space in today's world to honor our menstrual cycle and to realize like our body is literally shedding a actual formation of our uterine lining. It has taken almost a whole month to build a mechanism in our body to support a possible pregnancy. And if that doesn't occur, we have to release that. That is your life force energy. So whether you're interested in making a baby or not, your body uses your energy every month to bring a creation into the world, right? So whether that creation is just that uterine lining, there is so much power in making space for you to bleed without having to feel like you have so much to do, without feeling overwhelmed. I find that a lot of women who do experience just uncomfortable periods is, sure, there's a nutrition piece maybe or – Uh, environmental piece, but a lot of it is just the way we've been conditioned. And we get so stressed out when our period comes of just being like, oh my God, like I know I'm going to feel like crap. I'm going to be bedridden, X, Y, Z. First off, those things are not normal. Those are symptoms of a hormonal imbalance uh, that something may need to be addressed, a nutritional deficiency. We just have really demonized our periods. And so the point that I'm making with this is like, how cool is it is that we as women have this duality 
to be fluid in the way that we care for each other. If we were all bleeding at the same time, we would really have to educate our men on how to really take care of us. But they have testosterone. They have a lot of other things and roles that their body is pushing them to do, which from a primal instinct, you know, they are the protectors and the providers. Men, of course, can be nurturing too, but I really think this is my personal opinion. A really big reason a woman goes through these four hormonal shifts from one period to the next is so that way we as women can support each other because we will all have different hormonal superpowers that support and balance what another woman is going through. So I find that to be a really beautiful thing is like if my best friend is having her period and I'm ovulating, I'm going to have the energy to go to the grocery store, buy her her favorite snacks, to deliver them to her, to see if she has anything that she needs assistance with, and then I'm going to let her do her thing. Being able to take the pressure off her is something that I find to be really beautiful and also very communal. And then, of course, vice versa. When I'm on my period and maybe she's ovulating, I get to go into receiving mode. I get to be taken care of. I get to be nurtured. And so that's really this symbiotic energy. I often have this dream of educating corporate America and HR of the woman's menstrual cycle, like if cervical discourse got so huge one day, I would totally capitalize on my employees' cycles. So if I was employing a couple of women and one of my employees was in their luteal phase, I'm going to have them be doing admin work. They're going to be doing data entry. They're going to be auditing. They're going to be doing behind-the-scenes stuff because first off, progesterone in the luteal phase is a it's your focus hormone so I'm going to have them use that as an employee to support my business right (laughs) um whereas if someone is in their follicular phase or they're ovulating while they're in their those phases they're going to be doing outward facing roles like sales and marketing and social media And then, of course, in a dream world, anytime if I had an employee that was on her period, she would have time off. That's just how I think if women ruled the world who were tapped in and not conditioned to demonize their cycles and to use their biology as their superpower, like that's just how I think the world would function. And how cool would that be? How much more productive would that be? I would love to see that normalized because how much time and productivity do we waste as women just being in our own head, trying to keep up with a work structure, even a structure in the world that was developed by a men's hormonal pattern. That's really who developed the workforce and capitalism and things like that because women at that time were not even in the workforce. And so we are kind of confined to living in a man's world, but if women were in the workforce first, I'm just like, hmm, I think it would look a lot different. (laughs) So going back to light, 
So from a practical standpoint, as a menstruating woman, it is so important that you are supporting your circadian rhythm, your infradian rhythm, and you're also being mindful of this new layer of light we have to deal with, which is blue light. Humans are extremely adaptable. That's what I love about being a human. And so we can see that even in the darkest places or the lightest places, cultures and communities will figure out how to really still support their internal rhythms. So if you look at like Scandinavia, where they, you know, are maybe dark for all day or maybe they're light all day just because of where they're located is they have some really great rituals, practices, folklore that connect them to the earth and connect them to one another. At the end of the day, that's really all you have to worry about is how am I connecting to nature and how am I connecting to the people around me because that is going to support your cycle. If you look at hotter places, like for example, like Arab countries where it's super, super hot during the day, often they will save activities for when the sun goes down. So they're more night owls because they do not want to be out in that extreme heat. Um, So they'll sleep more during the day and really come out at night. But again, they are connecting to the earth in different ways and they're connecting to their community, especially through food, using real food and spices and herbs and animals and things that do come from the earth. So our cycles are so dependent on our connection to the earth, the sun, the moon. That sounds woo-woo, but it is science. (laughs) So Some things that you can do to support your rhythm is to wake up with the sun and go to sleep with the sun. So have a regular schedule. When the sun starts to come out, that's a good time for your alarm to start going off. And then when you come home, of course, like you don't have to go to bed at 7 p.m. if that's when the sun's going down, but you want to go to bed within a reasonable time frame and make sure that you are getting eight hours of sleep a night consistently. The other thing that you can do is get sunlight on your face first thing in the morning. This is going to change your life. (laughs) So if you are someone who has their alarm on their phone and you wake up and you turn off your alarm and the first thing you do is check your Instagram or your Facebook or your bank account, the first thing you're being exposed to is this artificial light. So if that means you have to buy an alarm clock and put your phone in the other room so that way you can wake up and then go outside and just get some natural light on your face for a few minutes. This is going to do wonders for your menstrual health and your overall health. It really is little things go a very long way. Another thing that you can do is naturally support your melatonin production. It's very common, and there is no judgment when I say this, but it has become super common for us to just 
have these melatonin supplements by your bed and we'll take them before we want to go to sleep. That really creates a dependency and it depletes your body's natural ability to create melatonin. So these glands that are impacted by the circadian rhythm they naturally produce melatonin. However, if we continue to outsource it, they don't have to do as big of a job. So they'll just kind of be like, I'm on break. I don't need to do this anymore. So other things that you can do to support natural melatonin production is reduce your screen time before bed. If you can give yourself an hour, a half hour, especially without being on your phone, even better if you don't have a show on, um, that's going to do wonders. You can also do like an adrenal cocktail. So your adrenal glands are very much impacted by your circadian rhythm. They produce cortisol, which is what keeps you awake and wakes you up in the morning. So having an adrenal cocktail, especially with um, cherry juice, is a great way to support melatonin production. My other tip for you is please do not sleep with the TV on. Um, I know for some people this is just how they have always grown up and how they've always been. But from a subconscious level, so when your body is trying to sleep and to go into a deep REM, having this uh, blue light on, it impacts that. And so when you sleep, this is your brain's way of like, scrubbing and resetting and healing, making sure your cells are resting, restoring. So when we have this activity going on in the background, even though we're sleeping, it does create a little bit of dissonance and it creates a little bit harder of a job for our body to do what it's naturally trying to do. If you do not have sunlight first thing in the morning, so like let's say you live in a very dark place, that's okay. Go outside first thing in the morning. Put your feet into the earth, right? Just sit outside because even though you may not be having that direct light on you, what you do when you connect with nature is your body is given the signal that it's still in line with your circadian and infradian rhythms. So those are some really just practical things that you can do to support those rhythms, which in turn are going to support ovulation, overall health, and all of that good stuff. Of course, I'm a big fan of just setting boundaries around your phone. I run a business on my phone. So this is something that's actually been quite a struggle for me because social media is designed to be addicting. And so I actually have noticed that I will start to just really feel physically uh, not great when I'm on my phone for so much. So I love to put my phone in another room, turn off notifications, just turn off your phone completely. Try going for a walk and leaving your phone at home. Like this is a really foreign concept (laughs) these days. Um, I find that even when my phone is in another room when I go to sleep, I sleep so much deeper because I know my brain, if my phone is next to me while I'm sleeping, my brain, because it's become so addicted to it, I feel like it's still on. It's still like 
listening for a buzz of a notification for me to wake up. So when I can just create distance between myself and my phone, I feel a thousand times better. So I hope this episode gave you with some food for thought, some practical steps to support your health, and maybe just some inspiration of how to support the women in your life. Figure out where they're at in their cycle. Be vocal about where you're at in your cycle and use your duality. Use your hormonal superpowers to take care of one another and to learn how to receive and to be nurtured and to just practice this with each other so you can have more grace in practicing it with yourself honoring your needs and being empowered in your body and the messages and the functions that your body are always trying to communicate with you. All right, you guys, until next time, I hope you have great cycles, great days, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye.